In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The CIA secretly funded the medical experiments through a front in New York City called, of all things, the Society for the Protection of Human Ecology. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, too. This is a conspiracy indoctrination program. Co-Indoc-Pro. In this broadcast, we will be examining the strange, deranged, unexplained, and unsolved. Some topics will be rooted in conspiracy, others shrouded in mystery. Connections will be made and agendas exposed. So prepare your mind, because the indoctrination begins now. Hello, welcome back everybody, welcome back to Cohen Doc Pro. It's official guys, we're famous now. I uh, posted everything last week, it's official. We're on Spotify, JRE Lookout, we're going to bump you right off the ratings. Mm-hmm. And uh, we officially have one follower. Holy shit. It's been a week, we have a follower. Thanks to uh, Luke's co-worker, we appreciate her following us. Yep. Thank you. But uh, no, I think there's a couple more followers, but the Podbean only shows that we, it's whoever follows you on that platform. Mm. So if people are listening on other platforms, they're. Uh, we got no clue. Yep, we got no idea. No clue. So, little side note on that I did get a, uh, a friend of mine hit me up and said, man, you guys got really good radio voices. And I was like, Dude, are you listening to the right show? <laughs> because we are always texting each other going, man, that sounds so stupid. <laughs> fucking moron. I always, yeah. I listen to the edits and I'm like, I feel like the damn cable guy. <laughs> Steven! <laughs> Steven! Camera, <laughs> dude, You're going down, Red Knight. Red Knight's going down. Down, down, down. Uh, Every time I hear the edits, I'm like, damn, is my lisp that bad? <laughs> Same for me. I'm like, when did that start? Yeah. You guys and now, drinking apple whenever juice. I'm talking, I'm like... Yeah. Super self-conscious. Yep. Now I gotta start talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We need to get apple juice up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, the apple get, juice spray bottles? It's really mouth noises. Yeah. So... <laughs> Apparently we have good radio voices, but we all think we sound like Jim Carrey from the Table Guy. <laughs> so I'm driving down the road the other day. Have you guys been to the barbecue joint that's over on Goddard by the high school? Uh, no. Dude, I just happened to be driving. I look over and this dude has a barbecue in the back of this thing. I swear it looks like the time machine from Back to the Future 3. <laughs> I took a picture so that you guys can see this. This picture doesn't really do it justice, but... Let's see this shit. Back to the Future 3 is like the worst one, though, right? Look at that. Oh, yeah. 
is that a barbecue or is that dude like getting ready to go back to 1888? <laughs> Shoot some horses, or dude. Peter Steele's <laughs> steel. Yeah. I was like looking at that thing like, dude, what is that? There's only three things that can could be. It could be either a barbecue, a time machine, or a bobsled. <laughs> Jamaica's got a bobsled team. The uh, spies like us. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Doctor. Yeah. Doctor. 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 That reminds me of being in high school, and we'd always walk by Jake Klaus. He'd be like, Jake? Jake? <laughs> yeah. Jake? <laughs> yeah, it's like never Jake. 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 Or he th- Jake's. Yeah, he thought that that was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> Jake? Jake? Isn't it weird? We It seemed like we knew a lot of Jakes in high school. Yeah. There was two of us and at least two other ones. And I think that's the lamest name ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's not very cool. That's not a cool name. We're losers. Dude, speaking of Jake Klaus, I was in biology with that dude. And guy's hilarious. He was hilarious. So we're sitting there, and we had the football coach, and he was our biology teacher. And Peterson? No, 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 no. Oh. Goff. Okay, it didn't happen. Yeah. So remember Jake was in that band, uh, that oh. punk band, Mal- yeah. Malnutrition? Uh-huh. So he was in malnutrition, and then he was in at the time was in Alliance and Defiance. So I, I sit next to him, and he's like, "Hey, dude," he's like, "You should carve malnutrition in the desk." And I was like, "All right, dude, give me some scissors." So I start carving in the desk malnutrition, and I got to malnut, and then the teacher started walking by, and I had to cover it up. <laughs> teacher passed by, and I gave Jake the. Scissors back. I'm like, it got scared. So forever, <laughs> that desk just had malnut in it. <laughs> Almost. So close. <laughs> oh, man. Remember that time when he drove over the grass at Bora? Yeah, in his van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had that, he had that, like, pedophile van. 1987 rapist. <laughs> <laughs> he had carpet in the back of it and stuff. He used to stand across the street. And smoke cigarettes and wave at all the teachers. Remember, because he couldn't oh, smoke yeah. on campus, but Cause he, would, he was yeah, because he was like eighteen. Yeah, yeah, so he'd stand across the street, street smoking cigarettes and waving at everybody, being at twenty five or twenty feet away or whatever. Oh, dude, I think he was a sophomore when I was a senior, and all the skaters yeah, had he like was their one yeah. um, spot in the parking lot, and I was out um, at break or something, and they'd always be out there skating, and something happened, but. I just remember seeing Jake in his van fucking puts that thing in reverse and <laughs> what am I? slams into one of his friend's cars. I'm like, what is going on? Uh, that dude was so funny. funny. Shit. Yeah. I ran into him like maybe 10 or, it was probably 15 years ago. And he had just gotten back because he went on a mission, you know. Yeah, he went oh. to like Sri Lanka. And he came back and he was... He was uh, started to be a firefighter at the time. Whoa. He was down in Eagle. Yeah, he's a cool wow. dude, man. But yeah, it's just like one of those guys that you're just like, what? Mm. I would not have expected you to amount to something. Because <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> at the t- at the time, it was just oh, like yeah. the dude was out of control. Out of control. Dude. Remember when he was carrying around that watermelon? He just like, I just saw him walking around campus one day with a watermelon. I'm like, what are you doing with that thing, dude? <laughs> The good watermelon. Yeah, but how are you going to slice it? <laughs> I'll punch it. <laughs> it's a skateboard. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Man. He was a funny dude. Yeah, anyway, was. good times. 
Well, you guys got anything before we get started on? Just one correction from last week with the Crowley um, thing. You reminded me. Um, We said last week that he he had also performed the uh, Babylon working when um, he had uh, talked to that entity Lamb, and I rechecked that out, and it was actually a different ritual he performed in 1917 in New York called the uh, Alamantra working. And that's where he met lamb with Mm. one a. So basically lamb without an E, which would have been lame. Yeah. (laughs) That was, that was mine. I have a correction too. Um, I referred to my girlfriend as lady, my lady. Mm. Apparently she didn't like that too much. Uh Um, so we have we've got a uh, we've got a code name for her now. It is the Enforcer. Okay. <laughs> so anytime we need to, she picked it out. I was gonna say you should be the Punisher, but she picked out the Enforcer. So anytime we we need to speak about her, she is the Enforcer. Well, that's that's a tough one. I like that one. That's more. It's a good man. Yeah, it's uh, she's not holding anything back. So good. Good. I got one, too. I feel like we gave Jamie Jasta too much of a hard time. Oh, that's true. And I just want to say, Satisfaction, The Deaths of Desire is top album, too. Yeah. Yep. Top album right up there with Dissection. Mm-hmm. Cast, so. Yep. Yeah. One of the best albums ever written, so. Definitely. I was just busting his balls. <laughs> <laughs> but. Hopefully you'll listen to us now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting for him to sue me. We're sorry, buddy. Yeah. We're so sorry. And he can play a wicked guitar even without a thumb. Yeah. yeah. He plays a better guitar than I do. <laughs> he did a lot of the Rise of Brutality stuff. That was good. He wrote a lot of them riffs. I gotta say, Perseverance was a damn good record, too. Fuck yeah. 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 That was another one that got shit on by the critics, and I'm like, that fucking thing is awesome. Yeah. Dude. I remember riding around in your S10... Listening to that at least five months straight. <laughs> it was either that or Sworn Enemy. Yeah. Yep. Sworn Enemy. Another great one. As real as it gets. Oh, as real as it gets. I love that record, dude. I know. It it's, pops up every now and then on my. You have to listen to the whole like, thing. Damn, this is good. It's just like, yeah, that's a fucking solid album. Yep. From Queens, New York. Motherfucker. <laughs> Pound your face <laughs> Oh, I'm like, how did, dude, you could never get away with that now. <laughs> 2001, oh, I wish it would come back around. Yeah. That was a good year. That was fucking. Nice. And then figure four. Oh, yeah. Suffering, Suffering the, the Loss. loss. Suffering yeah, the that Loss. That was another great. Solid, solid album. Heavy rotated album in those days. Yep. yep. Back in the day. Jeez. We had good fucking taste in music. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We, <laughs> we still do. Yeah, that's true. Started out early. Lots of poison in the well, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. well, I guess uh, enough of that. Um, on to CERN. All right. So uh, let's talk about CERN. CERN, first of all, came to my radar. It sounds like you were on to CERN back in the day, probably much, much before I was into it. I, I just learned about it within the last two or three years. Um, but when I started learning about it, I was like, how in the hell is this thing possible? And how is it that so many of these member countries are actually cool with what they're doing and that 
the world is letting it. <laughs> was that somebody's stomach? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that can be heard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I was, this talk about CERN has just scared me. <laughs> I hope that goes through. <laughs> oh, that was good. Nobody walked through a creaky door in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's those beef sticks. <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay, back to CERN. So CERN came to my radar a couple years ago, and I just thought, how is it that people are letting this happen and letting them do this thing? <laughs> Sorry, I can't make eye contact with you. Okay. All right, back to normal. Lock it up, people. Lock it up. All right. So let's talk about CERN. What is CERN? Because I I talk about it a lot, and people will kind of like give me deer in the headlight looks, and I'm just kind of like, okay. Um, I'm surprised more people don't know about it, but I guess that's the reason why we're doing this podcast. But um, anyway, so CERN... It's spelled C-E-R-N, so for all you military geeks out there, that's Charlie Echo Romeo November CERN. Um, it is the world's largest particle physics laboratory. It was established in 1954 and operated by 23 member states or countries, and their memberships include the following. Austria, Belgium, Bulgaria, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Israel, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Portu- uh, Portugal, Romania, Serbia, Slovakia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom. So those are the uh, the current countries that are involved in this, the, not the original founding countries, uh, which we'll talk about in a, in a minute. But um, these countries all essentially give money, and they give scientists to the laboratory for uh, experiments and physics and all that stuff. So CERN on their website and other websites that I've read stands for the Council of European Research Nuclear, which in French, or I believe it's French, would have been Council European pour la Recherche Nucléaire. All right. I think I only speak German, so <laughs> fluent. Yep, fluent German. German so Jeez. this was uh, a little bit hard to pronounce for me. <laughs> but I believe that CERN is actually short for Cernunos, who is the horned Celtic god of the underworld, who I think they're trying to invoke through their um, uh, their little portal that they're going to open. Uh, they have seven active active particle colliders to include the LHC or the Large Hadron Collider, which is the world's largest particle collider. Uh, LHC is 17 miles in radius. It's 300 feet underground, and it's cooled to temperatures colder than outer space, which is very similar to quantum computers. Mm-hmm. They also are cooled to temperatures colder than outer space. Mm-hmm. The one that I read <coughs> says it's 574 feet down. Damn it. We gotta make me look like an idiot. We're famous no, now. But I'm just saying, it's like I mean, three hundred and whatever is fucking deep. It's this deep. Shit is deep. Yeah. I I'm not a I'm not scared of like claustrophobic spaces, but I could not not work three hundred feet underground. You don't even I mean I don't even think you could like fathom it. Like Dude, that's you'd be down ways. there and be like, I'm I'm where? Yeah. What? 
I'd just be worried about the thing collapsing on me. <clears throat> yeah. But whatever. So anyway, this LHC, the Large Hadron Collider, collides protons, heavy ions of lead at near speeds of light, and these collisions produce increases of energy. Location of CERN, it's located in Geneva, Switzerland, on the French border. There's a French town called St. Genis Pouilly. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's P-O-U-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. I apologize. Like I said, it's not German, so I didn't. I couldn't figure it out. Um, but anyway, so that that French town borders the facility to the west. Lake Geneva borders it to the east. The Jura Mountains or the Jura Mountains border it to the northwest, and then the Geneva Airport to the southeast. Ironically, Jura or Jura. I'll just spell it for you guys because I may be um, butchering the pronunciation. Is J U R A. It's actually Norse word for beast. I could not confirm that. I did. I did try to do as much research as I could, um, but I could not find any confirmations. I had read that, but I couldn't find any confirmations in the in the old Norse language that Jura meant beast. So that is unconfirmed. And then it's Latin word for law. And it's short for uh, juramendo in the Gaelic, which is Celtic, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning curse or blasphemy. Sorry about that. That's a Red Bull. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I thought that that was kind of crazy that you would have the curse or blasphemy mountains range right there. Mm -hmm. Seems like a odd place for a gigantic super particle collider but what do i know yeah i'm not a physicist um you aren't no oh now i will get into i'm gonna get into some math later that definitely takes me out of the math (laughs) in the workplace realm and uh, i think it redeems my uh algebra algebra one failing so just all right throwing that out there right now it's gonna blow people's minds (laughs) it's gonna be like that dave Chappelle episode when he takes off his mask and then that dude's head blows up. That's when everybody in the audience is going to be like that. Oh, you tricksters. <laughs> you want to see my face? <laughs> All right. So this location that they picked for this large Hadron Collider is super strange as well because this happens to be the location of the original Roman temple site for Apollyon, the ruler of the, uh, the abyss or the angel of the bottomless pit. So all you Rev9 believers out there like I am, um, that's Abaddon the Destroyer and the King of the Locusts. So kind of a interesting location for um, this particle collider that we're going to get into. We think are doing doing some other nefarious things. Mm-hmm. But With that mountain range right next to it and then that. Yeah. And I had read, I had read once before as well that the ancients believed that 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 town, the Saint uh, Genus Puili, Puili, was actually the start of the edge of the abyss, hmm. which lines up bullseye for me when when I think that what they're doing at CERN is actually trying to open a portal to hmm. the demonic realm. But anyway, so that that was this this stuff that I'm reading to you you can find directly on CERN's website they're open pretty much I would say everything that we're going to be kind of talking about today can
can be found on their website. They're very mm-hmm. open about almost everything other than one thing. And I'll, and I'll go over that when it comes up, but their website has a lot of shit on it. Yep. So I know you did some research <clears throat> onto the actual history of it. I'll how, turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, just kind of like a real brief history. Again, all of this stuff is on their website. You can look it up for yourself, but, uh, just a few things that kind of, uh, caught my attention was how long ago that this was, uh, kind of the concept of it came about was in 1949, just after, uh, the second world war ended. So I'm sure there's some of the paperclip people involved with that for sure um and then it was founded in 1954 and then they broke ground um in 1955 uh they laid the uh first foundation stone for the lab site in 1955 can i ask you a question yes do you think that 54 and this maybe correlates with the dwight eisenhower 54 nephilim stuff or UFO stuff. It certainly could. I mean, because to me, that just like, seems really all the stuff that we're talking about is crossover hitting. You know, kind of starting at that same time. Oh, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just but, thought that was no. That's I didn't even think about that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 1957, they had their first um, accelerator go live, and that was the. Synchro cyclotron. Damn, that um, was only three years after they broke ground. Yeah, it was like Holy a right at the Yep. Um, were they already? Did you find out were they three hundred feet underground at this point, or were I, they shallower? I was just kind of looking through like the highlights of what was going on at the time. It's incredible. Um, but those uh, cyclotrons, they were active all over. Uh, There's, I think, like three or four in California. Uh, part of the University of California at different campuses that they were using. Um, but um, another thing I didn't, I mean, after that, kind of like that's where the real stuff kind of started, was it at uh, 57 when they first started um, their accelerators? And then in 76, I thought this was pretty wild that um, they were, uh, the control room there, they had. Um, had uh, touchscreen technology in that whole room in seventy six. Uh, in seventy six, and um, I think it was in seventy seven or seventy eight. They revamped that um, so that each one of the keys had more functions than just an on or off. It had an X axis and a Y axis in there. Bro, think so. about that for a minute. So, think about. N- 2002 or three when we first started getting cell phones mm-hmm. and we had Nokia cell phones, yeah. right? That you yeah. couldn't even text on without it costing you like $3 for a text yeah. message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then 76, these dudes had touchscreen shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty. Wow. That I had no idea that those Me guys either. had that kind of Me stuff uh, back then. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to touch on that, uh, just jumps way ahead uh, in the timeline is uh, 2002 or 12 when they discovered the Higgs boson. Um, like th- about three weeks after that discovery, um, 
the sun had the largest coronal mass ejection um, in nearly half a century that missed Earth by nine days, they said. So seems like maybe the what they were working with and trying to discover had some other kind of effects outside of the collider. Would have solved a lot of problems. Well, yeah. this kind of overlaps into the electric universe theory, I think, mm-hmm. because I know that there's a there's a movement to kind of say that the theory of relativity or the you know gravity um, you know, holding in everything in place is actually bogus. It's BS, mm-hmm. and that it's it's electromagnetic forces that are holding everything in, and that was the stuff Tesla was talking about with you know, the ether and everything being like electromagnetic energy and things like that. And that space was actually plasma. So that's interesting that you bring Mm -hmm. that up because if the sun had this giant ejection, they're firing up this gigantic, which we'll talk about the science of the collider here in a minute, Mm -hmm. but it's a huge um, ring of super highly powered electromagnetic Uh, magnets that are just forcing these beams around Mm -hmm. and then the earth also has its own electromagnetic force field within it like the Birkeland currents like you could see how you could almost shift yeah shift things Mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah that's pretty wild Hmm. well what's that um and then the last thing i wanted to um say that i i found on there was that the amount of power that it takes to run that place for a year is 1.3 terawatt hours which is enough to power 300,000 homes in the uk for a year Hmm. not selfish (laughs) totally green yes don't worry about it (laughs) I'm sure that that thing will run off of solar panels, no yeah. problem. Yeah. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're just running off solar power. Speak, yeah. Speaking of which, I was talking to my dad a couple of weeks ago about the Ukraine thing, and, and he brought up that he thinks that the whole thing is about the Green New Deal and, you know, killing off, you know, Russia as a superpower of being, um, you know, uh, some kind of a manufacturing hub or whatever, because they use a lot of... Because I think Russia... And China were the ones that didn't want to sign the Green New Deal, right? I can't even remember. I'm probably talking shit. But anyway, I thought that they were two of the main countries that didn't want to do that. But my dad thought that was pretty interesting. He's like, you know, this is all about, you know, wanting to to push push that agenda. And I started thinking, like, are these people even thinking about solar power or any of this battery? Like, dude, you have a cell phone that only powers your phone and it only lasts like a day at the most. Right. And then as you use that battery more and more, it lasts less and less. How do you think you're going to power a tank (laughs) or an a (laughs) 10 or a C five, a gigantic, you know, do you think that you're going to not power that off of diesel and, and, you know, jet fuel, jet fuel, like these guys. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to go down. Tesla's going to build them some new jets. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It's yeah. Be rad. Tesla's oh, building sorry. houses now too, little pod houses. And they'll just have like little floating recharge stations up there for the jets to pull up to. And 
Yeah, just plug right in. He's got to be there for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, you got anything else on that? That was it. That was kind of all I... Anything to add there? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, so, to be- piggyback off of what Luke's saying here about the, um, the formation, the original signing members were Belgium, Denmark, France, Republic, Federal Republic of Germany, because this was right after the war, so Germany had actually fallen, right? Greece, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland the UK and Yugoslavia. And I thought that these key, these countries to me, it was really interesting that those were the founding members because that area is the area that was under the Roman or Norse, you know, Celtic type of, you know, superpowers back in the day. Mm -hmm. And to me, it fed right into Cernunos and the horned God, the Celtic God thing. I was just kind of like, and then Apollyon and, Mm -hmm. The, being a Roman, you yeah. know, angel of destruction. I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just looking into it too much. But So their mission statement, and I'm just going to read this right off of their website. It's pretty benign, but this is their, their mission statement. Uh, this is off home.cern. Our mission is to provide a unique range of particle accelerators, facilities that enable research at the forefront of human knowledge, perform world-class research in fundamental physics, Unite people from all over the world to push the frontiers of science and technology for the benefit of all. So, sounds very, very uh, benevolent. Mm-hmm. All on the up and up there. I'm sure. So, uh, listed their accelerators or colliders, um, and, and I had to. I, I wrote colliders, but I had to scratch it out because the more that I research, I started doing, the more I realized that there's actually a difference between the things that they're the machines and their function or you know what what they're they're designed to do so mm-hmm. they have particle accelerators which are the linac 3 linac 4 lear l-e-i-r p-s-b p-s and the s-p-s so um the uh those are all acronyms for like p-s-b is the um proton synchrotron booster the ps is the proton synchrotron and the sps is the super proton synchrotron so they all stand for something so you have those those are the accelerators and then you have the colliders uh the collider which is the lhc the large hadron collider and within the the large hadron collider so the big 17 mile ring you have detectors there's four detectors that are in different spots and they are basically set there to detect whatever different particle that they're trying to collide or whatever. They they collect the data, the information. Mm-hmm. So you have the ALICE detector, the ATLAS detector, CMS, and the LHC-6. So those are all strategically placed and um, monitored by you know various scientists as the, the particles are colliding. So once the particles collide, those detectors capture whatever the information is and then the information is sent to this gigantic supercomputer um huge uh cooled you know vacuum room like you would see at you know uh, google or some or you know something mm-hmm. like that like these these gigantic um storage data storage facilities so and then from there all of their information is pushed out to different places all over the world. Um, 
I couldn't find it. I was looking as hard as I could. I had come across it maybe like a month ago when I was doing some research, but it had actually shown where the information leaves. Once it leaves CERN, it goes to certain facilities around the world, key facilities, and one of them was here. Mm. Wow. <clears throat> That'd be cool to see that. Yeah. And I was kind of, I, I remember at the time when I saw that, I was like, oh, dude, that's pretty crazy. I wonder where that is. I started doing some research because we have, you know, big, big technology places here. I mean, a couple of bigger ones. Um, the only place I could think is that Tonaquint place down on Franklin where they got that gigantic radar dish that like points at your head when you're driving down Franklin. <laughs> have you guys driven by that? Dumbifying everybody as you oh, go dude. by Every time I drive by, I look at that thing. I'm going to get some cookies from Crumble, and I look over, and it's just like I can feel my brain just. <laughs> yeah, oh, boogers come out my nose. That's my oh, that's my brain. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bloody nose. It's crazy, man. So anyway, uh, these these accelerators are all linked together, all networked together to increase the energies and strip away electrons as they're. Uh, colliding. So what they're colliding is they're colliding um, protons and, and ions of lead. So like taking super, super dense materials, stripping off, you know, various things to get down to the very, very small, smallest particle as they're colliding, which I guess sounds like it could just be totally normal. But then when you start getting into the energies that it's creating, you're like, wait a minute, that seems like and the energy they're using to make those collisions happen is yeah yeah super crazy yeah so um i'll just kind of walk through the um uh some of the the basic um science here of what you know what the the colliders are in or sorry are essentially doing so they're networked together so they start out taking the the basic the first the first accelerator and then they start moving the particles through that one so it starts out in uh, the line act three and then it starts picking up speed uh, and then it gets pushed into the line act four line act four um, hydrogen ions uh, kind of get stripped off and then uh, it gets accelerated to 160 uh, MeV, so that's uh, mega electron volts. And then from there, it pushes them into the proton synchrotron booster, so the PSB. And then that thing starts to accelerate them faster to faster speeds, strips off the electrons, and accelerates them up to 2 GeV, which is uh, 2 giga electron volts. And then it pushes them into the proton synchrotron, which increases the speed to 26 um, giga electron volts. And then from there, it pushes them into the super proton synchrotron, which increases the speeds to 450 uh, giga electron volts. So it's continually getting faster and faster, right? And then from there, it pushes them into the LHC, the Large Hadron Collider. It pushes uh, some of them one way, like clockwise and then the other ones counterclockwise. And so as they're you know starting to spin around inside this thing using these giant uh, electro electronic magnets, mm -hmm. like massive, massive magnets, and then they're also cooled to keep everything super cold in there. Mm -hmm. um, 
they start to increase to the max beam power beam speed of 6.5 tera electron electron volts and that's going to be times two so that's times two beams because there's two beams so when they say 6.5 tera electron volts that's actually double that because there's two beams that are going to be <clears throat> excuse me colliding and so i i also read just to kind of put some of that um into perspective at their peak speed those particles are going around this 17 mile radius like 11,000 times a second yeah they were saying that it's almost the speed of light and mm-hmm. the, and i can't remember i had read that they didn't want to go to the speed of light because it could actually screw up the the device or something like mm-hmm. that if they actually went at the speed of light so but making black holes is fun yeah <laughs> black holes are cool <laughs> nothing could go wrong yeah so anyway, uh, from there, they're brought into collisions, and then the four detectors, Alice, Atlas, CMS, and the um, LCHB, or I think I said six, but that's actually B, LCHB, um, are the ones that kind of detect what whatever, you know, they collided and whatever they're trying to, you know, accomplish, whether that's antimatter or anti-hydrogen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Each detector detects the different things. So like I mentioned... You have uh, mega electron volts, giga electron volts, tera electron volts, and then the one higher than that is the peta electron volts. So um, one mega electron volt is one million electron volts. So, and I was trying to do a, a conversion mm-hmm. to figure out what that would be to like our outlet, you know, like your 120 or your 110 or something like that. And it was saying that it's just, they're like basically two different kinds of electricity. So um, they they actually had a conversion into joules, which is like an ass load of regular mm. home <laughs> voltage <laughs> volts. I got no problem, joules. Yeah. So anyway, so that's uh, that's the various role, uh, the various colliders, and then their their kind of roles within um, you know what they're doing. Every every one of those accelerates the particles gets them going faster and faster pushes them into the next one to the next one to the next one and just continues to get that speed until then they hit the lhc and then that's when they start colliding those particles they're running them head on uh interesting on uh that note i just wanted to read this this is from cern's website and this is uh kind of actually no i don't want to read that Okay, I'm going to read this instead. So the LHC resumed operations November 20th, 2009, successfully circulating two beams. So they they basically start it up, run it, shut it down, change out the magnets, start it up to make it more powerful, start it up again. So there was another run in like 2014, 2015, and then they ran it for a couple years, shut it down, and then re- you know, put the new magnets in there. Now they're getting ready for their third run. So every time that they upgrade these magnets and all this stuff, they're colliding almost from what I've seen, they're colliding at double what they were doing before. So if they were doing 6.5 per beam in the first run, then they jumped it up to 14 per beam the second run or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. they, they doubled the, that power almost every single time. So um, they successfully, what I'm reading from their website, they 
restarted uh, operations 2009, successfully circulating two beams with an energy of 3.5 tera electron volts. And their challenge for engineers was trying to line up the two beams so that they smashed directly into each other head on. And they said, quote, this is like firing two needles across the Atlantic and getting them to hit each other, according to Steve Myers, director for accelerators and technology. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Insanity. So. Wow. Yeah. So I also read um, during that, uh, before 2009, they had a section of the um, collider uh, breakdown, like yeah. some. There's pictures of it all yeah, mangled or like burned the or whatever. Magnets like failed or something, and they lost a bunch of mm-hmm. helium and. Well, at w- at one point they had a weasel that had basically dug underground and then chewed up some super lame ass wire, and then it fried the whole thing. <laughs> so that may be what you're talking about. It was a DARPA weasel. Yeah. Yeah. How all of this time and money and engineering and, and they're a, like, hmm. No weasel can destroy <laughs> that. Yeah, and a weasel yeah, chewed through a wire and basically fried itself, but took down this thing. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's the that's kind of the this basic science behind it. And like I said, I'm not a physician or a physician. I'm not a <laughs> not physician. <laughs> Definitely not a physician, but I'm not a physicist. Um, I'm probably closer to being a physician than I am a physicist. Can you look at this for me? Yeah. <laughs> Does this look normal? <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a, a physicist, but you know, a lot of the stuff that they they talk about on their website and various, like I said, I've read a couple of different books. Um, they talk about the science; it's pretty incredible. I mean, it is it is really an incredible machine, like what they're doing. And we'll talk about some of the, the things that they've actually discovered out of this. But damn, I'm just kind of like it, some of this stuff just doesn't really add up. So mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to talk about some of the strange statements that some of their people and other people have kind of talked about about this machine about the large hadron collider Mm -hmm. so in 2008 the director for research and scientific computing at that time was a guy named sergio berlucci and he made a remark during a briefing that cern was giving and he was alleging that the lhc may open a doorway to another dimension and he followed up his statement with, out of this door, and this is a quote, out of this door might come something or we might send something through it. And I guess my question would be, like, is Bertolucci kind of being a Weisenheimer? You know, he's being a wise ass about this whole thing and just, you know, kind of, you know, making a science chuckle or something like that? Like, is that, you know, some little comedy thing within the science community or is he really telling us what they're actually trying to do Mm -hmm. that they're trying to open an interdimensional doorway and the reason why that kind of jumped out to me when i heard that when i read that was jordy rose from d-wave had said the same thing that when they are doing their quantum computing that they were accessing parallel dimensions two to the 500th power of parallel dimensions Mm -hmm. to do these quantum um, 
problem solving. Yep. It was just like you said that they were reaching into alternate dimensions and extracting resources. Yeah. And like, hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, and Bertolucci talking about you know well we might thieves. Yeah, they're they're stealing shit. So, you know, Bertolucci talking about we're going to open a doorway and send something through or something might come through and we don't know what that is. Just seemed really odd. Um, Then in 2014, Stephen Hawking, he had spoke about what CERN was doing. And at this time they had announced that they had discovered the Higgs boson or the Higgs boson. I've heard it pronounced as both i don't know which is which is more right than the other one but i'm going to call it the big higgs boson or boson because i think it sounds cooler (laughs) but anyway so he mentioned that he thought that the higgs boson could become unstable and cause a, a a catastrophic vacuum decay that would basically lead space and time to collapse um, he further said that the universe would undergo a vacuum decay with a bu- with a bubble of true vacuum expanding at the speed of light. So he was very critical about what CERN was doing and was very adamant at the time of saying that these guys are playing with things that they should not be playing with. And it kind of did put some people in an uproar at the time where people were like, wait, wait, you know, Stephen Hawking said, I went through and read a bunch of different um not they they were articles written by you know they were opinion pieces but mm-hmm. there were definitely people that were slamming on Stephen Hawking like oh well this guy's kind of an idiot you know like they weren't talking about the Higgs boson they were talking about the Higgs field which is totally different and they were going to bat for CERN obviously like you would you know you would do if you're somehow connected to them mm-hmm. but i don't know i mean think Stephen Hawking was kind of smart just a little bit he probably made it through algebra one yeah (laughs) he definitely would have probably aced math in the workplace (laughs) which by the way when I got the math in the workplace I got a B so it totally worked suck on that (laughs) (laughs) hello science what did you get when you had to take it uh you know I just copied off Josh's work though the whole year, so I think I got an A. Damn. So you're smarter than me. Yep. No, actually, no. You're, you can't be. There's no way because I got into math in the workplace before you yeah. did, so I was definitely smarter. I, I will <laughs> go with that because fuck uh, that class. <laughs> whenever I pull up my calculator and I accidentally tilt it, and then it like gives you all the different you know <laughs> whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, cra- whoa. crazy shit i'm like oh, where did the where did the x thing go <laughs> let's go back to four <laughs> numbers on there it's where a lot the, easier to where understand this thing go so anyway um back to the cern some of their strange statements to me they made a lot of i mean there's just weird things kind of going on around this thing i know you mentioned something about when they laid the first brick something about saturn yeah that? the uh the picture from um let me see if i got it here so it was a picture from when they were laying the um foundation stone at the lab site uh director general felix block 
Um, he's laying this stone down into, it looks like a black cube, and in, dug into the ground. Kind of like uh, the black cube of Saturn. Mm. I was just like, well, that's pretty interesting. That black cube of Saturn stuff is really... It's everywhere. It's really weird, dude. Yeah, that look, to me, that looks just like a black cube, mm-hmm. this picture. It's a black and white picture we're looking at where this dude's... And that's on Cern's and, website. Yep, on Cern's website. Um, but he's reaching in with his hands, and he's basically putting a stone in this hole, and it looks like a black cube, which mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of theories that the... Uh, is it the northern pole of Saturn? Yeah, what's the... As the hexagonal the, storm? Yep, yep. So... Um, and then there's also the black cube relation to the Sifirot tree in Kabbalah or Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. And that deals with a lot of um, magic and stuff like that. So it's just, we'll have to get, get into that at some other time. Um, so on CERN's website, they talk about generating black, black holes. And you can go to their frequently asked questions. And one of the questions was, will CERN generate a black hole? And this is their response. The LHC will not generate black holes in the cosmological sense. <laughs> okay, so they won't, not in the cosmological sense, but maybe in another sense. However, some theorists suggest that the formation of tiny quantum black holes may be possible. The observation of such an event would be thrilling in terms of our understanding of the universe and would be perfectly safe. More information is available here. And then there's a link. And I just so read that. No, no black hole. Yeah, it, no, but there could be tiny ones, you know. So what do the big ones do? Some crazy shit. What do the little ones do? Probably some crazy shit. Yeah, so I just... Things like that, I'm just kind of like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay, but they would be perfectly safe. Just so you know, if, if you and I, the three of us, create some tiny black holes, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's safe. safe. Yeah. It's a, we, I mean, we're already working with three brown holes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> guns are not safe. We need to take those away from people because they could hurt people with them. But making black holes, it's cool. Perfect. Totally, cool. totally safe. <laughs> if you can figure it out, go for shit. <laughs> yeah. So I was just wondering, what the hell? Um, and then they kind of, kind of started talking about this. Uh, you know dark energy and dark matter on the website and that that's one of the things that they're studying is they're studying antimatter anti-hydrogen dark matter dark energy and they they talk about like the mathematics behind the universe and that you know essentially most of the universe is con, you know comprised of this dark energy dark matter blah 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 um i won't really get into all that i didn't understand all of it Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of comes down to some philosophical, you know, differences as well. Like I might d- consider something dark matter to be something different than some other listener might be. So I just mm-hmm. didn't really want to bring that up until maybe in some of the later episode. But anyway, they said, and this is off of their website talking about uh, clues about dark matter. Many theorists say that the dark matter particles would be light enough to be produced at the LHC. If they were created at the LHC, they would escape through the detectors unnoticed. So we're going to make them, and then they're going to they're gonna escape out of here, and we won't really know it, but it's still cool, right? People just start disappearing. Oh, yeah. got you, got you, yeah. got you. However, they would carry away energy and momentum, so physicists 
could interfere or sorry, could infer their existence from the amount of energy and momentum missing after the collision. So they could basically figure out how much of it is gone and then be like, okay, well, we lost like, you know, two grams is cool. Um, Where's my lunch? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dark matter candidates arise frequently in theories uh, that suggest physics beyond the standard model, so the standard model of the universe, such as supersymmetry and extra dimensions. One theory suggests the existence of a hidden valley, a parallel world made of dark matter, having very little in common with matter we know, and in if one of these theories proved to be true, it could help scientists gain a better understanding of the composition of our universe and in particular how gal- galaxies are held together. To me, that was huge and telling. That tells me what they're trying to do. They're trying to access this hidden valley, this uh, this parallel world of dark energy, which I think has to do with the Rev-9 and all of the, you know... Mm-hmm. Nephilim stuff that I've been talking about for last week. What do you guys think on that? Or does that, am I making too much in my own mind about this? I think the universe is made of gluten. It's holding everything together. It is. Just all Gluten's gluten. so good, too. <laughs> go gluten free. <laughs> no, I think with all the weird stuff and the um, like placement of it, all the landmarks surrounding it. The stuff that they do there, the like the Shiva statue and all the crazy like dance shit that they did, and mm-hmm. it's like it seems like there's more more to it than just what they are yeah. talking it's about. It's more than just a science experiment. And next episode, we wanted to kind of touch the foundation of what what CERN really, what it is on paper. And then we kind of wanted to take the next episode to go into Shiva, the destroyer, Apollyon, Abaddon, you know, the abyss and, and the parallel universe stuff. And maybe even some realigning Saturn possibilities that, you know, bringing mm-hmm. it back into our, um, uh, what's that word? Orbit. Orbit. There we go. Thank you. I had to swirl my hands around. <laughs> One of the, the O word. <laughs> o. Um, so I, one of the questions that came up to me when they were talking about the antimatter and then making it a CERN is I think, okay, so you're making antimatter, which they said that, okay, antimatter, when antimatter and matter come together or come into contact, contact, they annihilate disappearing in a flash of energy. So that to me sounded bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but then again, I'm only a German fail out and a math in the workplace graduate. So. Um, I can't help think, but you're making antimatter, antimatter in this, f- this physical world that we're in is created of matter. And so if you have a lab leak of antimatter, what... W- what are you guys going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like we had scientists allegedly in Wuhan, China that were dealing with coronaviruses and they had a quote lab leak that created the damn pandemic for the last two years. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in 
Geneva, Switzerland, we've got these guys making antimatter. What if there's an antimatter lab leak? Mm-hmm. I, I prefer know. that one. Yeah. I, I just with Stephen Hawking was onto something. What were they talking about in the previous stuff could escape that they wouldn't be able to atte- detect? Was that the antimatter that or was the dark the matter? Dark matter, dark energy. Okay. Like, if that can escape without detection until they're looking at the data yeah i mean uh, i guess if they do create antimatter and it leaks it you would know like yeah because something would be completely destroyed right away yeah so we got a couple more minutes left i figured that we could kind of finish this off with talking about some of the um some of the discoveries and future goals that they've talked about. And then next episode, we're going to jump into a little bit more of the weird shit. Um, so in 2012, they, they, the collisions there produced the Higgs boson, the Higgs boson, uh, which is also known as the God particle. So this particle is the first known formed particle after the quote, big bang. So like Luke had talked about last week, it's the, particle that gives everything mass yeah um now we do need to give them some credit they said that the particle that they discovered was consistent with the higgs boson they didn't say that it was the higgs boson but it was consistent talked about the antimatter stuff and the different experiments um in 1995 they announced that they had successfully created the first atoms of anti-hydrogen um, in the use of the Lear, which is the low energy anti-proton ring. And that was what they used to create anti-hydrogen. That to me also sounded bad, but then again, I'm not a scientist, so maybe it's a good thing. Maybe anti-hydrogen is cool. Must be if they're making it. Yeah. We can Science do it. Let's cool. make it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, 2011, the alpha, which is one of, uh, the, um, detectors trapped antimatter atoms for over 16 minutes in this little trap that they had and this trap was made using like really really strong electromagnetic electro electromagnets to keep the particles charged and contained in this trap so that they could study them kind of reminded me of the uh the trap that the ghostbusters used <clears throat> a little bit Oh, this is very Ghostbustery. Yeah, don't cross the streams. Mm. Well, they do. They do. Gin, 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 gin. Um, in two thousand, they discovered quark gluon plasma, aka strangelets, strangelets, damn word, which is the most explosive substance in the known uh, universe, known existence. Mm. Um, and the quark gluon plasma. When I was doing a little bit of research on these, the strangelets, like they talk about how they're very chaotic. Like they just kind of like go up, down. There's strangelets that go up, down, and around. They get very, very chaotic. It reminded me of some of the chaos theory stuff that I was trying to kind of get into when I lived in uh, LA, when I was kind of getting into the occult stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading some books on chaos theory. Most of them I didn't understand, but I thought that was pretty badass. Imagine if you get weaponized, something like that. Chaos theory. Mm-hmm. It just sounded cool. Yeah. My math teacher in ninth grade was all into that. Yeah. 
and you'd talk about it and just like yeah boring what? yeah i'm pretty sure i bought a book and i read probably i don't know two pages of it and fell asleep and then i had to reread those same two pages fell asleep again <laughs> it's like reading timothy leary's stuff have you ever read like read like design for dying mm-hmm. that shit is so boring <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's dude was a whole lot acid of, bro a lot of reading for me yeah like no man's land meat stick yeah <laughs> yep anyway so one of the cool things that did come out of CERN was in 1989, they developed the World Wide Web. Sorry, Al Gore, you did not invent that. <laughs> Once again, Al Gore, you did not invent the World Wide Web. It was invented by Tim Berners-Lee out of CERN. And it was made for basically um, them to be able to con- send, the data. Yeah, send data and, and contact other facilities. There was a a collider i think in berkeley that was pretty big mm-hmm. at the time so they were sending data and information back and forth so al gore you're a liar imagine that yeah. um in 2022 when they go hot again which they expect to start colliding at cern in june of this year and then they should be ramping up their speeds in july august september and they expect to be colliding at full power in November, by November, maybe it'll be earlier. I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. But uh, they expect to be colliding at 14 tera electron volts per beam. So I did this math on a calculator. That is 28 tera electron volts. Shit. Mic drop. Oh shit. Pin drop right here. That I told you guys I was gonna. I was going to come back and. You, you have it. earned math in the workplace. That was a B. You fucking earned it, motherfucker. Anyway, so, um, yeah, they admitted after the fact that the uh, they had collided once before, they had actually admitted after the fact that they had collided at one peta-electron volt. I think that that's very telling um, that they waited until after to tell everybody because if you tell people before that you're going to be colliding at you know, energy levels like that, people might have been like, well, wait a minute. Is that a good idea? Maybe we should not fund this. Hold on. So yeah. they fall on the old, uh, it's better to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission, which that was my motto growing up. <laughs> well, they just have all the people in their pocket. Hey, we're, we're robbing stuff from other dimensions. So come on over and get yeah. what you want. Yeah. Um, Check out this cool ruby. (laughs) 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 People growing other arms and stuff. Um, Anyway, so one last thing before we get finished up here on the cork gluon uh, plasma or condensates, the strangelets. When they make these things, they're super heavy, like really, really heavy, and they sink down. So like they talked about in one of the uh, uh, things I was reading, they talked about how they just... They can't contain these strangelets. There's nothing they can do once they're made or they're created. They'll sink down towards the core of the earth. So if you're creating all of these strangelets that are sinking down to the core of the earth, which the core of the earth is made of like molten lava and stuff like that, 
I don't know. Like iron, I think. Yeah, I don't, it seems like a bad idea that maybe the most explosive substance in the known universe is like sinking down towards a igniter. I don't. Maybe seems like a bad idea to me, but um, I thought when I when I heard that and I had read that that these scientists are super smart, like Harvard smart, <laughs> right? Wicked smart. Wicked smart. <laughs> these dudes are not math in the workplace smart. These guys are, they know what they're doing. So do you think strangelets are byproducts or do you think that those are intentional? Because to me, I think that they're intentional. I think that it's going to help when they start rolling that thing at super high power and it's almost like an explosive charge. It's going to help, you know, intensify mm-hmm. that uh, that energy if there was an explosion, which could open that doorway that they've been talking about doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going off the crazy train, but to me that sounded like, you know, I know that if I eat a bag of tackies, there's going to be a reaction, <laughs> right? So if you're a scientist and a physicist at that, and you know that you're going to be doing these collisions and it's going to create mm-hmm. this explosive substance, you know that that's going to happen. And I tried to find it. I couldn't find it, but there was, um, I had listened to a guy talking about strangelets before, and he had talked about how the first atomic bomb there was only like seven around seven grams of explosive material in that bomb that created that explosion mm-hmm. so a very small amount of a of an actual explosive and he was saying that the correlation to a strangelet was like that a strangelet like the size of a grain of rice was equal to that atomic bomb of seven grams wow so I tried, like, excuse me, like I said, I tried to find that because mm. I wanted to present that actual science, but I couldn't find it. So maybe, you know, maybe that was BS. But anyway, so future plans for CERN. The plan is, according to their, I downloaded, um, and they now know who I am. What? Excuse <laughs> me. That was CERN jumping in here. <laughs> Crawled through the microphone. <laughs> Anyway, um, like I said, uh, I, I downloaded one of their PDFs and, and read through it, and it was on future plans and stuff like that. And they talked about the FCC, the Future Circular Collider, which is planned to be 62 miles in radius, and they're going to link that up with the LHC. Hmm. Sounds like a good idea. Hmm. I don't know. Are they going below? I imagine it would be up higher because I think that everything kind of funnels its way up mm-hmm. from what I was reading. Oh, and another thing is if you look at CERN's website, you look at their logo, yeah. there's been a lot of people that talk about it being a three sixes that are kind of like linked together and overlaying. Um, as much as I really was like, yeah, 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 that's got to be it. Uh, I found more than three sixes in there. I think that it's actually just like a little layout of what the colliders look like when you look from the top. Mm-hmm. overhead view like a bird's eye view yeah. um that's that's what it reminded me of but 
So let's, they had let's they go had, with the three sixes. They had to do it so they couldn't they wouldn't get in a legal battle with six feet under in their logo. No, oh. it's got the three sixes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Very similar looking logos. Mm. So anyway, that's all I had for the first part of this. Did you guys have anything you wanted to add before we close this out? Um, I think you covered everything pretty in depth for like people of our intelligence level. My intelligence level. I tapped tapped all my resource. Thanks. I'm, I'm gonna go home and eat ice cream now. <laughs> uh, I watched a uh, one of the uh, physicists from CERN. He was giving a presentation thing at uh, I can't remember what some big university for people with big brains, big letters, and uh, fucking guy like couldn't get the computer working right. We should, be, we should bring him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. a, that's like us when we're setting stuff up. Is this a hole going to? This guy's colliding particles, but he can't get his computer working? Like, wow. It's probably a win- Windows machine. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Gates. Your operating Windows 90. <laughs> yeah. Operating system was terrible. <laughs> you can come find me. I'll tap you out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all I got on that. Yeah, that Anything was a good else? one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the next episode will be pretty cool because we'll start getting into some of the weird stuff that's behind it, the occult occult symbols that are very obvious mm-hmm. uh, once you start going and watching some of the stuff and researching. It's mm-hmm. uh, they get into some very occult stuff, so. And some of the weird stories. Yeah. Definitely. Of, uh, things that have happened there. Yeah. Well, and we know who helped bore the hole for this machine, this monstrosity. Yep. No, no, the Peter Steele himself. Oh, they're yeah. trying to bring back. They're trying yeah. to resurrect P- PS. Bring back. All right, well, keep listening, folks. We appreciate you. Um, if you like what we're doing, please like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Now that we're official, we're on all the major podcasts, especially Spotify. Look out, Joe Rogan. We're coming for you mm. later. Mm.